Hey, this little guy, yours? Hey, Tom, yeah, that's Gus. We got him from the animal shelter. You know, I don't think I'm going to mention this to Stacy. Man, I tell you, you own a dog for less than a week? Gus, huh? I remember you guys saying you were thinking about getting a dog. And I saw you walking him a few nights ago. He's just wandering around my backyard. Cute little guy. <laughs> yeah, thanks, I appreciate it. So how are things going? You still crazy at work? Oh, Charlie, I, I tell you, work, home, school, you name it, it's crazy. Oh, sorry to hear that. Oh, no, it's good. It's just, it's like there's no time for anything else. Stuff I want to do anyway. Really? Like what? Well, I don't know. For one, I'd spend some time outside. I feel like I spend most of my days staring at a computer screen. Oh, yeah, I hear you. You know, back in college, I'd sometimes go weeks without seeing the sun. So is it uh, just a busy time, or is it going to be like this for a while? I don't know. 
stuff at work should slow down in a few weeks, but then it's not as nice out, you know? Yeah, yeah, I do know. It's like you have to take extra time to figure out when you can find extra time to get out. It's like this thing Stacy and I are doing this weekend. We had to reschedule so many things just to make it work. But it's done, and we're going. Really? What are you doing? You know that church Stacy and I go to? Uh-huh. Well, we're doing this really cool thing where we're going with a group of people. Now, get this. To help build a baseball field downtown. It's for a league this guy we know runs for troubled kids. Really? Now, that does sound interesting. Yeah, you know, now that I'm thinking about it, any chance you want to go with us, help out, spend the afternoon outside on a baseball field? It's your favorite sport, right? Yeah, it is. But listen, I appreciate the offer. I don't know. Things are so busy right now. I mean, it's mostly people from your church, right? Yeah, but, you know, think about it. If you want to, great. If not, you're just missing out on a great time. Outside. But if you don't go, would you mind being on Gus watch while we're gone? Just drive around the neighborhood looking for him? Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, I never even asked you if you went to church. Is there one you go to around here? Well, actually, I grew up in the Burbs, and it's been a lot of years. But we used to go to a church in our old neighborhood. Really? What was that like? Well, actually, it wasn't too bad. Good morning. Welcome. We're glad that you're here this morning and welcome you. And uh, we're so glad to to be together in in the name of Christ uh, on this day of Pentecost. We welcome our guests especially and hope that you'll feel very much a part of our family as we worship God together today. Uh, This is uh, the day of Pentecost. It's also Memorial Day weekend and uh, a lot of people are traveling and we'll keep them in our prayers. Um, But also as we uh, celebrate this Memorial Day weekend, please take some time uh, tomorrow uh, to remember those and to honor those who have given their lives for our freedom and for the freedom of people all around the world. Uh, We are here today. We are able to worship today because... Uh, because of what many people have done, so they deserve our honor. So let's uh, be sure to take some time to do that tomorrow. The video that you just saw, and I'm glad we saw it. <laughs> Last week, if you were here, you remember we had uh, technical difficulties. It got it got jammed up, and it wouldn't uh, catch up, and we got to see it today. But that is a part of our study on Wednesdays about sharing our faith. And uh, this was one that we saw this past Wednesday called Inviting. And uh, this is a a study that it's teaching us about how we can use just the the everyday relationships that we have with our friends, our family, our neighbors, our coworkers, uh, to share our faith, to share uh, what we believe about Jesus Christ in a non-threatening way. And so uh, this week we'll be talking about telling our own story, telling our own story on Wednesday. So we invite you to come and, and learn about that Wednesday night. Uh, we'll meet at 6.30. We'll have our, our prayer meeting time, our study time at 6.30. Uh, beforehand, we'll be having a light lunch and some activities for our children and our youth as well. So we invite you for that. Let me remind everyone of our attendance sheets that are on each row. We'd like to ask if you would take that and fill it out and pass it down the row so we could have a record of your attendance with us this morning. Uh, We have a blood drive on Wednesday, this coming Wednesday, and if you would like to uh, make an appointment for a blood drive, please see Jika, and she'll be glad to uh, set a time for you to come and, and to give your blood. That's a very important thing. And uh, on June the 4th, which is right around the corner, we'll be having our vacation Bible school. Uh, That's soon, isn't it? It's very soon. 
Vacation Bible School. Uh, this year, uh, as we have for the past couple of years, we are, are co- uh, collaborating with uh, three other churches in town, First Christian Church, uh, the Presbyterian Church, and St. Paul's Episcopal Church. And we move it around from year to year, and this year it will be at St. Paul's Episcopal Church. Uh, that's on the corner of uh, Center Street and Green Street, and so we could use your help. And if you would like to help with Vacation Bible School, Please see Mary uh, if you have children or know of some children who need to be in Vacation Bible School. Please be sure to to get them there uh, June the 4th through the 7th. It's good to be with God's people in God's house and to celebrate this this time of, of Pentecost together. It's a joyous day. And so let's let us share the joy of Christ with one another as we stand and greet each other in the name of the Lord. Thank you so much. It is so good to share the joy of Christ with one another. As we're finding our seat, let me invite our children to come forward for our children's moment. Mr. Jerry and Miss Adele are over here to my right and your left. And uh, come on forward, children, for our children's moment. Come on down. Come on down. Come on, children. Oh, good. Here comes some more children. We're so glad you're here this morning. Boys and girls, on a hot summer day, a fan can really keep us cool, can it? Fans are good. Now, when Mr. Jerry and I were your age, we had a fan like this. Have you ever seen a fan like that? Have you? Yeah. Well, feels good. How does a fan like this keep us cool? That's right. Yeah, moves the air just like an electricity fan. That's good. That's right. Yeah. And. An electric fan can blow air on us. I'm going to turn this on right now. Okay. All right. Woo, does that feel good? (laughs) Oh, is that too much? Okay. 
Um, do you see any air coming out of that fan? Ah, okay. We can't, we can't see the air, but we know the fan is working, don't we? I'm going to turn it off. Yeah, that's too much. But one way we can tell the fan is working is that I tied these red streamers on there. And even if we can't see the air, we saw the streamers blowing. Another way we know the fan is working is that we can feel the air blowing against our faces. It was really blowing on yours, wasn't it? We can't see the air, but we can feel it. And finally, we know that the fan is working because we can hear the sound of the air rattling these streamers as they blow. We can't see it, but we can hear it. And today, as Pastor Tim told us, it's a special day which many churches celebrate called the Day of Pentecost. And here's the story of how it all began. The Bible tells us that on the Day of Pentecost, the followers of Jesus were all gathered together in one place, and God sent the Holy Spirit to give them power to teach others about Jesus. Now, they couldn't see the Holy Spirit, so how did they know the Holy Spirit was there? The Bible says that they knew the Holy Spirit was there because they could hear the sound of a mighty rushing wind coming from heaven. They couldn't see the Holy Spirit, but they could hear the sound of the wind just as we could hear the sound blowing from the fan the air blowing from the fan. The Bible tells us that they saw what seemed to be flaming tongues of fire that came and rested on their head. They couldn't see the Holy Spirit, but they knew that the Holy Spirit was there because they could see the flaming tongues, just as we saw these red ribbons blowing. Finally, the Bible tells us that they knew the Holy Spirit was there because they could feel his power. When they were filled with the Holy Spirit, he gave them the ability to speak in languages they didn't even know so they could tell everyone about Jesus. They couldn't see the Holy Spirit, but they could feel his power in their life just as we could feel the air from the fan. And did you know that the Holy Spirit is still with us today? In fact, the Holy Spirit is here with us today. We can't see him, but we can hear him as he speaks in our hearts. We can see him moving in our life, and we can feel the power of the Holy Spirit's presence as he guides us through the day, through each day. Now, Mr. Jerry and I are going to sing a few lines from three little songs that we like. We like a lot of songs, but these are three of them. And then Mr. Jerry will close with prayer. Every time I feel the Spirit moving in my heart, I will pray. Every time I feel the Spirit Moving in my heart, I will praise. There's a sweet, sweet spirit 
to give everyone this message of this song. Jesus loves the little children, all the children of the world. Every color, every race, all are covered by his grace. Jesus loves the little children of the world. Now let's close with prayer. Gracious God, thank you for sending your Holy Spirit to be our teacher and guide. Help us to listen and obey as he teaches us how to tell others about Jesus. Amen. As you leave, we have pictures for you to color about Pentecost. And would you like, would you like a fan? These were collected by my dad. So they're very special.
existir. Please join me in our responsive reading for today, appropriately enough titled Spirit. And it's in your uh, worship folder and also on the screen. Come, believers and faithful ones, sing your alleluias to God. Praise God, who out of love for all humanity sent Jesus Christ to live among us. Praise God, whose spirit is not hindered by the barriers of this world, but moves freely to offer community and hope. Come, Holy Spirit, dream dreams through us. Imagine with us. Amen. If you'd like to follow along, I'm reading from Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 21. When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place. And suddenly from heaven there came a sound like the rush of a violent wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. Divided tongues as of fire appeared among them, and a tongue rested on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages as the Spirit gave them the ability. Now there were devout Jews from every nation under heaven living in Jerusalem. And at the sound, the crowd gathered and was bewildered because each one heard them speaking in native language of each. Amazed and astonished, they asked, Are not all these who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we hear each of us in our own native language, Parthian, Medes, Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, and Asia, Phrygia, Pamphylia, Egypt, and the parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene, and visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Cyrene, and visitors from Rome, Cretans and Arabs in our own languages were here, them speaking about God's deeds of power. We were all amazed and perplexed, saying one to another, What does this mean? But others sneered and said, They are filled with new wine. But Peter, standing with the eleven, raised his voice and addressed them, Men of Judea, all who live in Jerusalem, let this be known to you. And listen to what I say. Indeed, these are not drunk, as you suppose, for it is only nine o'clock in the morning. No, this is what was spoken through the prophet Joel. In the last days, it will be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. And your young men shall see visions. 
and your old men shall dream dreams, even upon my slaves, both men and women. In, the, in those days I will pour out my spirit, and they shall prophesy. And I will show portents in the heaven above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and smoky mist. The sun shall be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the Lord's great and glorious day. Then everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Praise be to God. Father, today as we look up to thee, we thank thee, Father, for thy love. We thank thee, Father, for thy kindness. We thank thee, Father, for thy forgiveness. We thank thee, Father, for this building and for what this church has meant in our lives. We pray, our Heavenly Father, that today as we gather here that we might learn more about kindness, more about love, and more about forgiveness. We ask thee, our Heavenly Father, to take this tithes and offering and bless it to the own glory of thy kingdom. 
Father, if there's one here today that does not know thee as thy Savior, I pray, Father, that today that he will hear thy word and that he will accept it into thy life. Forgive us, Father, where we fail thee, for we ask thee all in Christ's name. Amen.
Beautiful. Thank you, Carr. A little over a year ago, on April the 27th, the largest tornado outbreak ever recorded hit parts of the south southern United States, causing catastrophic destruction in six states, Alabama, Arkansas, Georgia, Mississippi, Tennessee, and Virginia. Four of those tornadoes that day were strong enough to be classified as EF5s, which is the highest ranking possible. EF5 tornadoes have wind speeds in excess of 200 miles an hour, and they are extremely rare. Yet on this day, there were four of them, killing an estimated 346 people. Of course, tornadoes, hurricanes, and typhoons have always been with us. However, there are disturbing indications that with the Earth's gradual warming, they are becoming more violent. Now, of course, the most famous tornado of all exists in a work of fiction. You know the story. There was a young girl named Dorothy. And Dorothy lived with her aunt and uncle in Kansas during the Depression. But one day, a violent tornado struck their house, and this powerful storm literally lifted the house up where where Dorothy was and, and her little dog Toto and carried them off to an entirely new world somewhere over the rainbow. There's nothing about this new world that even remotely resembles the world from which she she comes. And in this new world, there is immense beauty, like nothing she she has ever imagined before. But there's also danger. Along the way, Dorothy develops friendships with a, a scarecrow who needs a brain and a tin man who needs a heart and a cowardly lion who, who needs some courage. And, and together, these four, along with, with Toto, have a mighty adventure together. And by the time Dorothy returns to her home in Kansas, she has learned a, a lot of good lessons about life. Well, our lesson for today on Pentecost Sunday, begins with the sound of a violent wind. We have no reason to believe that it was a tornado. No damage was reported. Nevertheless, this, this wind filled the room where, where Jesus' disciples had gathered. And like Dorothy, these disciples did not realize it at the time, but this wind was about to carry them on an adventure that would last for the rest of their lives. An adventure that was both fascinating and frightening. An adventure that was both delightful and dangerous. Both life-changing and life-surrendering. You may be familiar with the story. On the day of Pentecost, a violent wind filled the house where the disciples were gathered and what seemed to be tongues of fire came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages as the Spirit gave them the ability to do so. Now, the day of Pentecost, we celebrate it today in the Christian church as the day when the Holy Spirit came in such power, but it at the time, it was a Jewish holiday. It was a Jewish holy day. And because of that, 
Jerusalem was filled with Jews from from all over the world. People came from all over the known world to Jerusalem to celebrate this holiday. And, And when they heard the commotion of the violent wind and the disciples speaking in various languages, a crowd began to gather in bewilderment. One reason that they were bewildered was because each person heard their own language being spoken. Now remember, they were there from all over the world. And yet each of them heard the disciples speaking in their own language. This is kind of like what happens in the United Nations when there's an assembly of, of delegates there. A speaker is speaking at the podium in his or her own language and interpreters are translating the words and transferring them to the delegates through a headset. Except there there were no interpreters that day. There were no headsets that, that day. Only the Holy Spirit. And utterly amazed, the, the people in the crowd began to, to ask, aren't these guys Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hears them, hear them in, in our own language? What does this mean? And that's a good question, isn't it? What does this mean? Well, for one thing, I think it means that God was there. God was there. There's no other explanation for what happened on that day of Pentecost. The wind, the the tongues of fire, the crowd who who heard the gospel each in in his or her own language. This was a a world-changing event. God was giving birth to a a new movement here. A movement that was, was destined to sweep across the earth. Do you think it was coincidental that, that this miracle took place at a time when there were Jews from all over the world in Jerusalem? I don't think so. This was God's plan. This was God's way of preparing the way for the gospel to enter into every land across the world. You see, we are a universal faith. And that's exactly what God had in mind. If you see, one day... God tells us that every knee in heaven and on earth shall bow. And every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Not every western knee. Not just every Caucasian knee. Not every Bible belt knee. But every knee on earth will bow at the name of Jesus. And folks, that's not just wishful thinking here. That's, that's a word from God that is being fulfilled right now, even as we speak. Now, I know that the Christian movement has kind of stalled for a while here in the United States and in, in Europe. It's, it's not growing here. In fact, it's, it's declining. However, it's exploding in other parts of the world. And if you look at if you look at this from a global, global perspective, it's an exciting thing. Look at the record. Back in 1900, 80% of all Christians on earth lived in either uh, the United States or Europe. Today, that statistic has been cut in half. Only 40% of Christians today 
live in Europe or the United States. And fully 60% live in the developing world. Of the world's 6 billion people, more than two-thirds, I mean more than two, 2 billion are Christians. One-third of the world's population. There are 480 million Christians now in Latin America. There are 313 million Christians in Asia. There are 360 million Christians in Africa. And the last generation, in our last generation, Central and South America have experienced an explosion of Christian conversion there. In Asia, China continues to be the, the, the big story. David Aikman estimates that there are over 100 million Christians living in China today, most of whom worship in underground house churches. My friends, we are a universal movement, and I don't think that it was an accident that God's Spirit fell upon the church on this particular day when so many foreigners were there in Jerusalem. This was God's plan. This was God preparing the soil all across the world for the gospel to be heard and to take root. All of the world's people will someday be God's people. That's the promise of Scripture. But notice the second miracle that took place that day. The change that took place in the lives of the disciples themselves. Now remember that these men who were testifying so boldly that day, remember what they had been doing up until this point. They'd been hiding. These men had, had pretty much been in seclusion since the crucifixion of Jesus because they were, they were afraid of what the Roman authorities might do to them. Well, the resurrection had buoyed their spirits a, a bit, but it, it didn't change them into the flaming apostles of Christ, boldly proclaiming His name and performing mir miracles all, uh, for all the world to see. But now, look at what they're doing. Here they are. They were, they were witnessing in such a way that even strangers who spoke no Hebrew, no Aramaic, knew what they were saying. Now, of course, some of the onlookers made fun of them. There are cynics in every crowd. They're drunk, some of them said. But Peter set them straight. Now, I want you to think about that for a minute. Simon Peter spoke up. And this time he got it right. You know, all throughout Jesus' ministry, Peter had the reputation of saying the wrong thing at the wrong time. He had a terrible case of foot-in-mouth disease. But somehow, this foot-in-mouth disease was suddenly cured, and, and, and that alone, I think, qualifies as a major miracle. Suddenly, Peter has, has become uncharacteristically eloquent. He spoke publicly, and people listened. He raised his voice and addressed the crowd, fellow Jews and all of you who have come to Jerusalem, let me explain to you, this to you. Listen very carefully to what I say, he says. These people aren't drunk. It's only nine in the morning. No, 
This is what was spoken by the prophet Joel back in the Old Testament. And here's what Joel said. He said, in the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all of the people. And your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions and your old men will dream dreams. Even my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they will prophesy. Peter said, that's what you're seeing happening today. That's what this is all about. That's what all this commotion is all about. What Joel spoke that day is coming true right in front of your eyes. Peter spoke these words and people listened. Miraculous. But it wasn't just Peter who was transformed. You see, on that day, Thomas the doubter became Thomas the dynamic. He later took the gospel all the way to India. Where there are churches set up in his name today. He was killed there as a martyr. Simon the Zealot, whose name implies that he was more interested in politics than he was in, in religion, became known not for his politics, but as an effective proclaimer of the gospel. Tradition tells us he was killed for his preaching. Nearly all of the men who were testifying that day eventually paid the ultimate price for their devotion to Christ. Peter was crucified upside down because he felt unworthy to die as the Lord had died. That took place under the persecution of Nero around 65 A.D. Andrew died lashed to a cross rather than being nailed to it in order to make his suffering prolonged. James was the first of the twelve to be killed for his faith. Herod Agrippa had him beheaded. Philip was martyred by stoning to death at Heliopolis eight years later. Stephen, of course, was stoned to death while the Apostle Paul, then known as Saul, looked on. One report tells us that Nathaniel was tied up in a sack and thrown into the sea. Another one says that he was crucified. Early traditions tell us that Matthew was burned at the stake. Only one of the twelve disciples probably died a natural death, and that was John. It is said that he died in in the year 98 A.D., according to Jerome, the church historian, the ancient historian. John was so frail in his final days in Ephesus that he had to literally be carried into the church. And one phrase was constantly on his lips. My little children love one another. It is the Lord's command. And if this alone is done, it is enough. Can there be any doubt that something miraculous happened on that day of Pentecost? Something that could only have come from God, God's self. The writer of Acts tells us that 3,000 people were added to the church that day. What an outpouring of God's Holy Spirit. But notice a third thing. These were ordinary people who were used by God 
in an extraordinary way. None of these men were high-powered executives. None of them were entertainment superstars or highly positioned politicians. In fact, none of them were particularly highly educated. These were just ordinary men with ordinary dreams until the Holy Spirit fell upon them. Andrew Lloyd Webber and Timothy Rice got it right in their portrayal of the disciples in their 1971 rock musical, Jesus Christ Superstar. Anybody remember that? I know how old you are. You remember that one song that the disciples sang? Always hoped that I'd be an apostle, knew that I would make it if I tried. Then when we retire, we can write the Gospels so they'll all talk about us when we die. Folks, these disciples were very much just like you and me. Before Pentecost, they were still primarily looking out for their own selfish interests. They were weak and confused men who were caught up in something that they didn't really understand. But after Pentecost, they were so transformed that they turned the whole world upside down. Wouldn't you love to see that kind of miracle take place in our church today? Wouldn't you love to see that? Well, you know something? It can happen. But every one of us needs... To surrender our lives to God like these disciples surrendered their lives to God. We would need to to pray that whatever the cost, God would use us to touch our family members and to touch our neighbors and our co-workers just as these disciples touched the lives of the people around them. We would need to become new people. We would need to pray that the Holy Spirit would work through us in such a way that that we could make a real difference in our community. It could happen. Some of us would need to overcome things like, like our shyness to do that. Ed Marquardt tells about someone who did just that. He was a, a young man named David Hughes. At the time, he was a blocking back for the Seattle Seahawks. And Hughes came to Marquardt's church to a men's Bible study to speak publicly for the first time about his faith in Jesus. He told the men that he was more nervous about talking to them about Jesus than he was preparing for a professional football game. He was not a professional speaker, says Marquardt. That's what was good about him. He was He just quietly told what happened in his life. He told about the time when he was 11 years old and his father, who was a policeman, was killed. They had this huge police escort at his funeral. And and, and the 11-year-old David was strong, or, or so he thought. He said he fought back the tears. But time passed. Years passed. And recently a a policeman in in Seattle was shot to death and there was an enormous police escort at his funeral. And and as David witnessed this event, 
he had to pull his car to the side of the road where he wept bitterly after 14 years. For 14 years, those feelings from his own father's funeral had been bottled up inside of him. And now he was ready to talk. He talked to them about the importance of reading the Bible every day. He talked to them about the importance of praying every day and worshiping God every day. Ed Marquardt says, I was so glad that we heard this man before he got professional with his words. While he was still nervous. Before he was smooth in his delivery. He said, God touched David's heart and spirit and tongue. So that he spoke just the right words to us. And folks, that's exactly what happened on the day of Pentecost. The Holy Spirit fell upon this, this group of untrained, uneducated, unsophisticated Galileans. And they started speaking with such power that everyone who heard them immediately knew what they were saying and were touched by their words. Could it happen again at our church? It could. And I pray that the Holy Spirit will take my words here today and translate them into your life. So that you will know that Jesus Christ is your Savior. And I pray that you will be led by that same Spirit to translate God's love to everyone that you meet so that the day will come when everyone on earth will know himself or herself as a child of God. If each of us could surrender ourselves to God's Holy Spirit, it will hasten the day when every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Wouldn't you like to see that happen? It can. Because, folks, God is here today just as surely as God was there long ago on that day of Pentecost. All God needs is for each of us to truly surrender to God's leading. Are you ready for that, for that mighty adventure today? You don't have to hear the sound of a mighty wind. God also speaks in a still, small voice. So let us pray. Let us pray to hear God's voice today. Oh God, fill us with your Holy Spirit. Give us the willpower to truly surrender every part of our lives to you. And then use us, O oh God, to proclaim your salvation, your glory, your story to our friends. So that they too will know the joy of knowing you. Let us shout it from the rooftops, O oh God, that you are our Lord and our King. Amen. Amen. We're going to give you an opportunity to respond to God's Holy Spirit working in your heart today. We're going to sing together.
number 238, breathe on me. And this is talking about the Holy Spirit breathing upon each of us. Breathing God's power and God's strength and God's encouragement and hope. God's leading into our lives. Maybe you feel the Holy Spirit nudging you today. Maybe you feel the Holy Spirit touching you in some way today. And you need to respond. Maybe you need to respond by accepting Christ for the first time. And believing what what was proclaimed by these apostles. That Jesus truly is our Savior. If you've never accepted that for your own self, then we invite you to come and make that, uh, accept that, that fact today and know that God sent His Son to die for you. Perhaps you're looking for a church home to be a part of. We invite you to come and unite with our church today as we seek to, to be a Spirit-filled and Spirit-led church. Maybe you just need a time of prayer today. Be glad to pray with you and for you. If God is dealing in your heart, we invite you to come as we sing 238, Breathe on Me. Would you come? Christ's body doing God's work in this world. Amen.